Hi again, everybody. I'm Jamie Allison, and this is the Big Idea, Big Moves podcast. This is the destination for high performers. We talk to people from different genres, different niches, different backgrounds, all people doing really cool things in their area of expertise. We've talked to CEOs, we talk to athletes, scientists, um, and just people that are doing really cool things, and we can take little nuggets from their experience and hopefully translate them into our lives. Um, so we have one of those again today, which is really cool. Just before we jump in, to that, uh, a couple of quick uh, items. Um, if you're looking for a, a real valued publication uh, and resource for fitness, health, and nutrition, um, you need to check out Impact Magazine. Um, the recent issue uh, is right now featuring some of the top fitness trainers across Canada, um, which is really cool. So take a look at that. Um, and uh, you can do it through either Instagram, um, it's Impact Magazine. You'll see that uh, come up, and, and we have it linked on a lot of our things. The other one is just go to www.impactmagazine.ca. Um, and also, if you are um, having, uh, whether it's human resources challenges or different things from a talent perspective, um, Epitome HR is a boutique HR consulting firm. Um, and so uh, they have an HR assessment, uh, especially right now with all the things happening right now, it might make sense to go on there as a company or as a leader and go through and see what um, you what support you might need and it will help kind of guide you at that first step. Um, just go to www.epitome, E-P-I-T-O-M-E-H-R.com and uh, that should uh, be able to get you on the on the right path. Um, and speaking of the right path, um, we're lucky today. Um, we have Phil Buckley on today and, and actually this is a, a second um, time of having Phil. We had Phil on, uh, we were saying about uh, almost uh, a year ago now. So, so maybe just... Phil, uh, you know, from a, 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 the standpoint of, of your background and things like that, Phil is a change management expert. So if you are looking at kind of anything from a change perspective, he is the guy. He has over 25 years experience enabling leaders and teams for transformations across global businesses in Canada, the US and the UK. Um, he actually co-led the global change management for the $19.6 billion Kraft Foods acquisition of Cadbury. Um, and that involved a team of 40 different change leaders across 60 um, uh, countries. So just an amazing, an amazing uh, thing from that. And he is the author of Change with Confidence. And his work has been featured in Forbes, Business Week, and the Globe and Mail. And he's also the uh, host of the, the podcast Change on the Run. Um, and now he's releasing a new book, which we're going to talk about a little bit as well. Uh, it's Change on the Run. And if uh, you're watching on video, I have a copy sitting right here. Uh, Change on the Run, 44 Ways to Survive Workplace Uncertainty. And, and and Phil, so first of all, thanks for coming back on. I know we've known each other for a long time, but the other one is this: this book is coming at um, you know from from your perspective is there's there's no better time than kind of releasing something about change and uncertainty because we've definitely been doing that for a while now. Jamie, thanks so much for having you on your show. I, I'm a big dedicated listener. I'm a runner as well, so you're always accompanying me with your guests on my long run. So thank you for that. And as you say, you, know, you can never time things and, and uncertainty is which I talk about in the book. You never know what's going to happen next. And just with all the, the you know, pandemic and, and what the challenges people are going through right now, it, it does seem well-timed to help people through change. And, and that's my hope with my book. 
Yeah, and and uh, I mean, even just the the format of the book, and, and maybe we'll hit that first because it is very different than like your last book. If if people were listening, I know we talked about that on the, the last show that you were on here, um, was a much more kind of uh, y- y- what I would say is is being more traditional in in kind of how a book setup is. This is really a um, a real hands on guide that that kind of gives you snapshots of each item that you're going to address from change management. Really cool concept. And where did where did that come from? Yeah, thanks. Uh, it, it spent, I spent three years trying to figure out how do you create a book that's really quick to access information. And, and at the time that I started writing, uh, the statistics on how people read or how much they read were, were actually brutal. That, yeah. you know, 20% of the books people buy, they actually read. For business books, most people buy them, but they never get past the first or second chapter. And the reason yeah. why is that they're so busy. If they're going through change, they're, they're balancing their personal and private life. They're trying to stay fit. They usually have a day job and they have this extra sort of growth assignment, which they're trying to manage change. Yeah. Although they want to learn, they just don't have the time. So I really have had to figure out how do you get a guide where you could dip in and dip out in less than five minutes to give the one thing you need to get you through a, a change challenge and did lots of research and and actually there's there's a lot of research on on how you can engage people by just giving them the basics of what they need and to create a format that's not only sort of engaging and, and effective yeah. but it's also fun too and and as you notice there's, there's a lot of sort of fun sort of play elements to it and it's designed really to make it enjoyable but also extremely effective to get you through a change jam with a one change hack so that you can move on to what you need to do yeah and it's it's really almost based as a uh, as a change coach as you go through it because it it does um, do a little snapshot about you know here's what I think you need to do here's how you would do it and then much more of an introspective kind of exercise action and that's for every little stumbling block and and um, was that the intention is to have it as as more of a um, you know a, a coaching tool as much as as anything else yes it was and and it was all focused on action because I found a lot of books and even my first one there's well let me tell you why this is important and here's the theory behind it when you're caught in change and you're either fearful or so focused on getting through a, a roadblock you don't have time for that. You don't have time for models. You have time for action. So what I wanted to do is give somebody an 80-20 one action that would get them through that jam. And again, you don't have time for perfection when you're going through change. And to do that one thing, you'll get 80% of the results in 20% of the time and move on to the next one so you can take action there. And it's funny, I years and years ago, I remember in our sort of our training days and where yeah. we do when we had the luxury of training people sort of in a room. There's once I was uh, early in my career, I was a, a training manager for the business development bank. So there was a lot of public sessions and people would go to it. At one time, uh, one of the facilitators just didn't show up. And, and there's a full room of 50 people there. And sort of they, they had the slides all set up to go and people are going, hey, I really, really want to see this. And, and as the coordinator, I was in a jam, probably what I should have done is to reschedule but I said, I can do it. So what I did is I put the, the facilitator guide out in the hall and then I kind of 
looked at it really quickly, went in, did about five minutes, broke people into a group, went back out, dipped in again, and then kept doing that through the session and kind of stumbled it through it. And, and that's the metaphor I have of how we manage with change now. When you're thrown off base and you, you know, your experience that you had in your day job doesn't help you with the uncertainty of this huge change. We're doing a restructure or there's a merger or, hey, we're changing the culture. What's the one thing that will get you to move forward? Because with progress, just like with physical fitness, when you're, when you're moving forward and you can see results, you build your confidence and then you can move on to the next one. But if you can't move forward, that's where I think people get stuck and they get fearful and then they, yeah. they fall into that fight, flight and fear. You know, they, they just have to overcome come their emotional challenges and and that's what my hope is for the book and and so translating that to um from an organization standpoint um from my experience there are there are some organization cultures um or work cultures or team cultures that are um intrinsically connected with action and are just you know uh, you know i think of um so i've i've done work with walmart walmart is all about action execution action execution so this type of format works pretty well in that type of environment, but I've also worked with other places that um, are a little more, um, you know, lots of research and their decision making kind of cycle is is a lot slower um, in how they do that. Do you have tips on, you know, on one or the other, I, I guess, on even just on perspective as, as to, um, you know, how how to tackle that when you're you're in one of those two types of organizations, because I'm, I'm sure the challenges are quite different in one versus the other. Yes, they are. And it's a great point that one action that you do in one organization might not be the best in the other. But what I'd say is how you do that action is very different. So for your Walmart example, where the culture is very much, you know, clear communication, leading to action and moving forward, you know, the tone of the question might be very direct, whereas there's some organizations that are very uh, collegial, that are very um, based on consensus and you take a little bit more time to move it forward. But what I found that's consistent across all cultures is that human need for making a connection with the right move and then how to make it, how to move it forward. So a lot of the advice I give is how do you get people engaged into the action that you need to take to move forward and and make it successful? How you do that, and there's some suggestions that I provide as well, will be very different in that, let's go for it, we're going to take the hill versus, well, let's really discuss whether that's the right hill for us, and we'll get back to it next month. Yeah, well, and and I know you've mentioned it in the book, and we talked about it a bit the last time, is um, how important trust is in being able to move a a group forward in in that kind of thinking as well. Um, Any thoughts on, you know, I guess, is that a, a key component? regardless of culture and how do you how do you build that as a leader or somebody who is in charge of helping people through a um, a tough change that maybe is happening right now trust is is essential and and the reason why is that you know, when you're going through change and you really don't know what's going to happen next and and again you might be feeling vulnerable or you you're not quite aware of what skills are going to make you successful you have that capacity to turn in and to defend and you know you're really thinking about survival and then, you know how am i going to get through this versus what's the best for the organization and only do you kind of get out of that environment when you get external signals that it's safe to do 
So, and that would be your boss checking in with you to say, hey, I really want to make sure that you're okay. Or uh, a leader being vulnerable and saying, I really don't know how we're going to get through this pandemic, but I know that we've got the team to do it. And I trust you. And, and the biggest tip I would say, because without trust, people are always, you know, looking at each piece of information to say, is this going to hurt me or not? And they spend a lot of their time in protection versus activation and helping the organization be successful. It's only natural and we all do it. Yeah. So how do you get around that is to say, hey, I'm in a safe environment that I don't feel threatened. And how you can do that? Well, leaders being vulnerable. What I find is the best tip if you need to develop a sense of trust is to trust others and ask people for favors. Because once someone asks you for a favor, it, it's almost like they're beholding to you because you know the reciprocity is, hey, they'll pay me back or the assumption mm -hmm. of doing it. And when you have that environment, you kind of have a bit of control. So, hey, well, they wouldn't have asked me for a favor if they didn't think I was valuable or, hey, they value what I can give to them. Those thoughts that go through your head kind of open you up and you can be more the best of yourself versus kind of huddling and hiding and protecting yourself. Without trust, though, I've never seen a change work well. And that's from large organizations or really small organizations, uh, government agencies, not for profit. Without trust, you always have the back against the wall. And then you have all these individual people protecting themselves and not acting like a unified team. Yeah, and and you know we talked I think before we started the show about um, you know it, you 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 mentioned leaders there and what they're having to do to to kind of gain the trust of their um, their teams. Um, one of the things for leaders, entrepreneurs, and and some of those people, um, there's sometimes the forgotten one as well about how much pressure has probably been on them during this time because they are trying to keep that trust um, through times that might be very difficult to do that just because of you know whether it's layoffs or things like that they're having to manage. Um, are, are there any um, kind of uh, tips or, or things that, um, that you can share from a, a manager or leader standpoint or entrepreneur standpoint as to how they, um, how they take care of themselves a little bit that way and, and how they're experiencing change themselves um, and, and still having to be that figurehead of how do we get through this change ourselves? Are, are, is there anything that you've seen really work for people or that they should be paying attention to? The best thing I've seen that really works for leaders and managers and supervisors, and it's a mindset, and it's a hard mindset to crack, I think, when we've been brought up to be perfect and, you know, you're not a great leader unless you don't make any mistakes and it's all on you. Yeah. But what I found is the best leaders give themselves permission in highly uncertain times like now that they're not always going to get it right. And if they're not always going to get it right, then I think they're a little bit more human as well. And I, I know I've in, in my career when I had was in a culture where perfection was led to promotions and, you know, making mistakes led to the door. Uh, I put so much pressure on myself to be perfect. And I think I was, what happened is I was sterile. I wasn't taking risks. I wasn't thinking about my team as much as if I don't get through this, I won't be around. Um, so one I think is the mindset is that you can't be perfect in this type of environment. The, yeah. the second one, and this is, uh, there is a, a, a great workshop a week ago with, uh, and it was a, a, an organization, a ministry of uh, a provincial government. And they were, all the managers got together talking about the challenge of remote teams and, and how are you gonna manage within this environment. And what I took from it is, is it was the discussion and conversation about like-minded peers 
about the challenges that they had that led to the confidence and strength that they've had. And, and so yeah. what I would say is don't go it alone that, you know, everyone else is going through this and almost like it's a cathartic feeling like, yeah, it is tough. Yeah, it is tough, but I do this. I haven't heard about it. That's great. I'm going to try it again. And all of a sudden we're moving forward and, and we're going for it because I think what happens in organizations, the higher you go, the less support you get, the less, you know, training and development you get and yeah. and i think the less permission you get for for not being that total leader so my you know one is mindset you know two is actually asking for help or or you know getting getting inside you know outside in uh, advice um, and two i would be completely vulnerable about saying we don't have all the answers now because if you try and say that you've got the answers now you'll fail because there's just too many unknowns right now why not just say hey we're going to make our best guess with our best people, which are you. Um, and if we fail, we're going to learn from it and let's move forward after that. Yeah. And, and uh, I think back of, of learning session, you know, back when we did all of those kind of training session in class training sessions, some of the best learning for everybody in the room came from those times where you just said, we're going to learn from each other. And it's not just about the, it's more of a facilitation of bringing out the experiences of all the people in the room, especially as, as you get into leadership. So, um, uh, you know, one of the, the things that's probably even a little more acute right now that you've mentioned in your book is um, when you go through change, you're probably never going to have the change resources that you should um, perfect world to be able to go through some of those things and prioritization becomes really, really important. Um, you know, thoughts on thoughts on that and how, um, you know, if you're one of those people out there right now who probably has even less resources than they've had before, more change than they've ever had before, how best to tackle prioritizing um, what's the best approach and, and what should I be spending my, my time on from a change perspective? Yes, and, and I think we're in that situation, all of us, we don't have the resources that we need. My recommendation would be, and, and often I find when people are caught in these challenges, they have way too much to do, too many projects, let's say, or activities to, to manage, is when they try to do all of them, and, and they do all of them, but to a, a, a small degree, and, and they're not as effective. And then other times, they'll just make an assumptions about saying, hey, I think this is the most important thing. But in these times of uncertainty, I, and if you are reporting into someone, or you know, if you have an advisory group and you're an entrepreneur, is check in because your assumptions most likely are not the best because you don't have a full sort of slate of information about what the best is. So if you have a manager, check in to say, am I on track here? This is what I'm going to do. Also, what I'd say is, is that 80-20 principle that I think is so essential in these times is really force yourself to say, okay, what's the 20% I'm going to focus on right now? Because th there is a, a bit of a comfort of saying, you know, I'm so busy and I did 18 things and I yeah. had 10 Zoom meetings today, which is great. Hey, you were really busy, but how effective were you? And, and to have that fortitude of saying, I'm only going to do two things today because it's the highest priority. It's linked to my goals. Yeah. And then I'll revisit tonight to see if that's the right way. Well, well, then, 
so uh, maybe I'll, I'll translate this for you because part of the part of what we do is is also find out about um you know what people's kind of personal routines are around that i mean you're a um you have a business you're you're busy doing that you have uh, you obviously run you were saying so how how have you at a time when you know it can be pretty tough for people trying to uh, trying to figure out what type of balance you want to be able to have when everything is is kind of linked through home right now um how do you personally kind of look at your own whether it's balance and goals and and tackle those things yes and, and it's always challenging to to kind yeah. of practice what you preach and and what i did is is for me family is is number one and, and sort of if a family member needed me that trumps everything so what i i've set up is is even a daily last thing i do at night usually quite late is i say what are my priorities for uh tomorrow and i leave 30 percent open to because I've made a huge mistake in, in my earlier in my career where I packed everything in and then the reality of the day comes in and all of a sudden you're trying to juggle because you didn't have yeah. any kind of margin or agency of, of how you so I, I realized that that is going to happen so I leave 30% open I prioritize and then also if something comes in what I have is in front of me on that day I'll say these are my priorities and I'll resist the temptation to say yes, which is my default. <laughs> and I really struggle to say, well, maybe later. Yeah. And when you've went through this process now, because obviously you've been working on this book for a long time, um, and I know how long it takes to be able to do that and start to figure it out. Um, what's been the biggest learning experience for you going through putting together a book like this? The biggest learning I've had, in, and again, when I started, I said, this has to be relevant for people who are new to change or they don't have as much experience as they'd like. And, and that wasn't my profile. This is my kind of passion in my career. So I'm yeah. the worst guest of that. <laughs> so what I did is I created a, a reader group of, of 20 people that was a mixture from early career to senior career to librarians and yeah. anyone who could potentially manage this. And um, they decided a lot on on sort of the, the format, finite details. So what I would say is, uh, what I have learned is that you aren't necessarily the best uh, decider of certain things when you're writing something or creating something for people, those people are. So go to the people and they will share what's important and have hopefully have the wisdom and strength to follow them because they know what they need the most, which is really a, a tenet of, of change, really. What people need is what you really should be providing when you're supporting them through uncertainty. Well, and uh, you know, I, I think having that advisory group almost uh, is is applicable in in most areas of life in in some ways. That um, you know, being able to to gain experience from other people's experiences is, is the best way. I mean, that's why both of us do a podcast. Part of it is to be able to talk to cool people that do things that are different than you and find out lots. So, um, um, so uh, you know, uh, again, um, one uh, we always and and you know this, um, Phil, that at the, uh, towards the end of our podcast, we like to make sure that, um, like your book, we leave some very specific couple of actionable items. And one of the things that I think right now um, is, I don't want to say it's getting lost, but it is something that I think is, is getting to be more of a challenge for people is to um, be kind of empathetic or put themselves in the shoes of other people going through the change. Um, and, uh, and I thought, you know, how about, can you give two or three examples of a couple of things that people can do right away that um, help them see 
the other perspective and maybe empathize with the perspective of other people going through a change that, um, that maybe you're going through as well? Oh, such a, a great question in, in an area, Jamie, because I think it is getting lost now. It, it, it's there, but it, it's not front and center. And, and perhaps the reason is that everyone's going through uncertainty. They all have unsettling things going on in their lives, so they're thinking of themselves. So the, the first piece of advice I would give is to really um, ask, you know, get out of yourself and, and ask people how they are doing. And, and I don't mean, you know, that old adage, if you remember in the past where, you know, managing by walking around and someone would walk around and go back in their office and, and not ask people how they were doing, yeah. but really asking people how they're checking in and, and, and in a sincere way, because we all know if, if it's a question that's coming from caring or, hey, I know I have to tick the box. So one is really, how are you doing and taking time and prioritize that because you know everyone's struggling probably in ways that are different than your own. The, the second one, and I think this is the most one and it, most important one, because it goes back to the, the trust element that's so important in these times now and going through yeah. change. I would then say, after saying, how are you doing? I wanted to check in because either I care or that's not the, the, the wording you'd use in your culture, because I, I know we're all, all going through our, our own personal changes now and I wanted to make sure you're okay. And that's absolutely essential because because that is a trust comment and it's showing I care about you and who you are. And then the last one, which I find a lot of people don't do in, in a business setting is really saying, well, how can I help? And, and that again, I think to empathize, which is really understanding people's feelings and needs, uh, yeah. an extension of that, that, if you really do care, is to offer your hand to say how you can help. And especially to those, those people that typically don't ask for help, you might be surprised what people would say in these times. Wow. Well, I mean, that's, um, that's fantastic advice. And I know that you go through a lot of those things in your book as well. So, you know, maybe the, the quick and easy thing now is just how do, how do people get this book, which I, I think is awesome. Um, how do you get it and how do they connect with you if they want to follow your work as well? How you get the book is it's available on all retail sites right now and starting March 2nd, which is the launch, launch date, it's open. It's available in three formats, a print view, uh, an e-version, as well as an audio book. And uh, to learn more about it, I go to changeontherun.com, which provides everything that you need to know about the book and how it can help you. And if you want to connect in with me personally, I always love conversations and, and talking about change. So you could check me out on LinkedIn and let's connect and, and have a great conversation. Great. And we'll make sure that all of those um, different links are in the show notes. So if, uh, if you missed it there, just check in the show notes and you'll see uh, all of those different ways of, of connecting. Um, make sure you pick up the book. Again, uh, it's Change on the Run. One, uh, it's 44 Ways to Survive Workplace Uncertainty. So um, fantastic book. And again, um, if you haven't hit subscribe right now, make sure that you do that on this podcast. We have uh, great guests every week like Phil. So um, you know, you're going to take away something every week and that'll give you the first crack at it. Um, again, thanks for taking the time, Phil. Um, some great nuggets that you've been able to share today. Thank you, Jamie. So great to be back on your show. I appreciate the opportunity. All right. And we will talk to everybody again on Big Idea, Big Moves. Big Moves.